It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, September 30th, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka reported nine new coronavirus cases on Tuesday. In the last week, 52 cases have been reported in Sitka, according to the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services, keeping Sitka's COVID alert level high and on an incline following a reduction in coronavirus cases mid-September. While Sitka's COVID cases are trending up, the number of cases associated with the Sitka School District trended down this week after an outbreak at Keep Gushaheen Elementary. According to data on the district's website, as of Tuesday afternoon, there were three active cases in the school district. All three are associated with Sitka High School. All of the cases at the elementary school are considered recovered and are no longer isolating. Since the start of the pandemic, Sitka has reported 1,118 coronavirus cases, 22 hospitalizations, and five deaths. According to the state, 68 percent of Sitka's total population is fully vaccinated against COVID-19. That includes children under 12 who are still not eligible for the vaccination. For more information on how to register for a vaccine, visit the COVID Information Hub at kcaw.org. Sitka's mask mandate is now extended through March of next year. When the Sitka Assembly met Tuesday night, it approved the updated mandate requiring masks in most indoor public spaces and providing a penalty. But some Assembly members raised issues with the enforcement of the mandate. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The House was packed when the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday to consider a final vote on an updated mask mandate, which will go into effect any time Sitka's coronavirus risk level is high. Right now, Sitka is considered by state health officials to be in a high COVID risk level any time there are nine or more cases reported over a seven-day period. Any time we go out of high alert, the mask mandate goes dormant. Around 50 people commented on the mandate, with over half of those testifying in person and over the phone voicing support. Sitkins spoke of loved ones who'd gotten sick or died from the virus. Some were concerned for protecting unvaccinated children. Some referenced data from studies that show masks, particularly surgical and N95s, are effective at preventing the spread of COVID-19, studies that inform the CDC's guidance on mask wearing. And others spoke of lost time. Bonnie Cottrell said she used to play the piano for Pioneer Home residents several times a week until the high COVID count limited visitation. And she hoped a mask mandate would make that possible again. But dozens of volunteers who provide activities and companionship for the residents, none of us can go there. Until the case count goes down, the Pioneer Home staff is stretched to the limits, finding creative ways to fill in the gaps. I really think everybody in this room wants the same thing. We want this pandemic to be over, and we want it out of Sitka forever. Those who spoke out against the mask mandate continued to say that Sitkins should be given a choice. Some questioned the efficacy and safety of masks, and others said the mandate was government overreach, unconstitutional and unenforceable. Here's Mae Dunsing. This is America. It's supposed to be the land of the free. It's supposed to be a place that people get to choose what they do, and everybody gets to choose what they do. I'm just saying we're adults. Let's choose what we do. Lindsay Evans, who spoke in favor of the mask mandate, challenged the personal liberty argument. Me personally, I, I would like to take care of, of my fellow citizens. I am a true patriot, um, and this is not a muzzle. All right, everyone can hear me just fine. 
and others, like Karen Lucas, said the mandate would only cause further division in the community. It's going to cause further division and um, just inflame and kind of escalate the whole divisiveness of what we're facing now, especially as we head into the dark days of winter. After two hours of testimony, only six assembly members were left to deliberate. Earlier in the evening, assembly member Valerie Nelson called for Tor Christensen to recuse himself, citing rumors of comments made against the unvaccinated at a recent EOC meeting. Nelson's request was denied by Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis, and she left the assembly table before public comment began, returning only after the assembly voted on the ordinance. Member Kevin Knox, who voted against the mask mandate at the last meeting, reiterated that he supports mask wearing, but took issue with the enforcement and penalty section of the mandate, which says that those who don't comply may be fined $50. I firmly believe that we should be all wearing masks. I firmly believe that every indoor space should be requiring masks um, when we have an ordinance and a mandate that ends up coming from this body that has a, a penalty section in it that we don't expect to utilize. I think that takes the governing authority away from what we do today and tomorrow. Knox said if a patron refuses to leave a store after being asked to put on a mask or becomes disorderly, there are other legal ramifications in place that would be more appropriate than a $50 fine. Knox moved to remove the penalty language from the mandate entirely. The motion failed one to five with Knox in favor. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis felt there was more masking compliance when mask use was voluntary in the community. He said he had multiple concerns with the ordinance, including the enforcement burden it would continue to put on businesses. I really wish that it, when this passes, I believe, that the assembly would give a strong commitment to enforcement. Right now we're putting that burden on the businesses. We say that we're easing the burden on our police force. We are, I will agree. But you're putting that burden back on the businesses without realizing it. I, as a business owner, have enforced this mandate more than the city has. I don't appreciate that. I don't feel like I have the backup because it's not being applied. Member Crystal Duncan said she would continue to support the mandate. She said the community was in favor with the vast majority of emails the assembly received supporting it. And she said the assembly should stay the course. There are consequences when we decide we want to sit back and take a break. We've never navigated a pandemic before and we're doing it to the best of our abilities and we're succeeding. But when we have opportunities to minimize spread, I think we need to take those steps. So we're not here fighting about masks. We're fighting for the health of our community. And to frame it more accurately, we aren't fighting each other, we are fighting a virus. The mandate passed on a four to two vote with members Crystal Duncan, Tor Christensen, Kevin Mosher, and Rebecca Hemshoot in favor, and Kevin Knox and Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis opposed. It goes into effect immediately. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose. The Sitka Health Summit has set a pair of ambitious targets for the coming year, ending homelessness in Sitka and reviving community schools. About 40 planners convened last week in an annual exercise to distill hundreds of ideas down to these two. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. 
The Sitka Health Summit has been involved in everything from food security to public art to building an accessible playground in the heart of downtown. This year's first goal is a serious departure from some of the feel-good projects of the past and maybe the coalition's biggest project yet. The first idea is to end homelessness in Sitka. Doug Osborne is a health educator with the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium. In a presentation to the Sitka Chamber of Commerce on September 29th, Osborne brought the problem of homelessness in Sitka into perspective. He said between 15 and 17 people are chronically homeless in the community, and a workable solution has been developed over the last four years by the Sitka Homeless Coalition. And now the summit is throwing its weight behind the plan. And what the goal entails is building this 12 cabin, uh, dry cabins to serve chronically homeless uh, people. And there's some mental health trust land that's up on Jarvis Street. And what they're saying is that, yes, this is an option. We need to see community support. And that's where this comes in. Osborne said that the summit begins with hundreds of ideas that are pared down gradually as participants workshop them over the course of the planning day. The objective is to pursue something achievable. And Osborne says the second goal fits the bill perfectly. With community schools, we know it could be great and sick because it was. Community schools is an after-hours activities program for students and adults that takes place in school facilities. It has been a casualty of district budget cuts over the last few years. Initially, it was outsourced to a contractor for $75,000 a year, but ultimately even that funding was cut and the contract wasn't renewed. Osborne quoted Blatchley Middle School teacher and Health Summit planner Carrie Sagel on the importance of bringing the program back. I remember the days when community schools was well-funded. We met all the recreational needs of all the children, but it was the homeless and the home-troubled kids we served best. Blatchley became their home. We would have to kick them out and shut the doors at 10. Osborne has been involved in the Sitka Health Summit since its inception 13 years ago. He's been involved in 24 summit goals. Although one of many minds behind the program, Osborne's voice is among the most evangelical. He urged the chamber to envision Sitka's future once the projects have been completed. And just imagine a year from now, on the next really rainy, stormy night, going to sleep and knowing that every one of your fellow Sickens, every one of our neighbors had a warm, dry place to sleep. What would that be like? And then... Kind of take a second to imagine parents at Blatchley signing up for a camp that their kid's thrilled to go to and is going to learn and grow. And imagine that kid that Carrie was talking about that has a place after school. Planning meetings for both projects begin in October. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. I'm Aaron Fulton, and this has been Raven News.